as we saw in Shanghai. I love getting to start the show with that phrase. Fighting is always easier from outside the cage. We've been trying to tell you that, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves that I am your host, Kevin, with me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing this evening? Uh, better than Michael Bisping, or as I should say, instead of Shanghai, more like uh, Shang Goodbye. Yeah, Shang left hook would have been helpful Oof. if they had put that on the boarding pass as he came All in. Right. Could have essentially <laughs> I want to address this, Kev. Fun fight, though. I mean, you're fighting yeah. Kelvin Gastelum. I, people have been already tearing into Bisping. I, I liked that he did it. I mean, that's a fun fight. Uh, do you? Because people, okay, people decided they were upset about this fight when they saw the outcome. Do you understand what that means? Do you understand why the people were upset? Uh, I don't a thousand percent, I guess, because they were like, what? I guess I saw the Joe Rogan thing and was like, what was he thinking fighting this back and forth? Or were people just obsessed with Bisping? So we put up a status update that's like, whoa, he's going to be fighting again. That's crazy that he's stepping up to actually compete. And we were taking it from the perspective of did the commission clear him like that GSP fight still took a lot out of him. Now, I understood he submitted but it was still a pretty rough fight going in. So to come back three weeks later, there was very minimal amounts of articles that said Bisping should not fight. No. Our initial position was just like, I mean, I guess if they say he's okay, like, I don't know that I necessarily would, but I got to give him some warrior points for wanting to come back, right? That's kind of how I felt. I like, okay. But like, you know, hey, it's not my game, but good for you, dude. But the minute he got knocked out, things changed suddenly everybody's a fucking doctor everybody's there like i knew he shouldn't have been back in there and it's like where the fuck were you people that's not the way it came out now granted bisping is a shit talker of the nth degree he has a whole podcast where he's basically trying to take chael shtick of being controversial except he's at a much more amateur level uh, of when he does it so I don't feel bad when we put up the highlight of his match, a.k.a. the moment Kelvin Gastelum, which, by the way, Kelvin, not a real name. We really need to address this continuously on this show. Really Kevin hurts. is a real name. Kelvin is not. Kelvin is like a misprint <laughs> on a is... birth certificate. Uh, <laughs> oh, this but is a fun here, new rant. I didn't realize you were so upset about the, the name Kelvin. I've, I've said so this a few other times. <laughs> Not and name. I know that it has to be personal to you because it's almost your name. It's, it's one Kevin letter off from with Kevin. an L. It really does. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I, as a member of the board of Kevin's currently, which comes as a shock to nobody, we don't accept it. And I understand it's a unit of measurement of some sort, I think, from a science book from an education years ago that I forgot. Like, literally, all the stuff I learned in grade school has been emptied into a recycle bin. Like, click, drag, recycle bin, gone. Somebody mentioned a solar system about a week and a half ago, and I was like, I'm sorry. Sounds great. Whoop, delete. I definitely all remember right. talking about it. I, yeah. <laughs> but here's why it's interesting, Kev. Because I put up something, and it harkened back to the last super great moment in Bisping knockout history, which was Dan Hendo Henderson knocking the shit out of Bisping with the H-bomb. And yeah. there were memes of him being put, like, America kicking 
the England's ass, all this sort of shit. On this one, I merely just said, USA, USA, USA. And we had one person who wrote, CTE, CTE, CTE. In other words, concussions. So suddenly now everybody wants to play this whole realm of, it's a shame he shouldn't have fought. Why did nobody stop this, Kevin? They shouldn't have. Uh, it's so good. What are you guys talking about? This is everything we like. We loved about old school MMA, sort of injected into new school. And this is the downside. That's why it's a gamble. But I think uh, the reaction is all just good that it's happening. It's like, oh, you're f- Michael Bisping had probably an amazing next night after party because I'm guessing not that night. Once, you- well, he's not allowed to go to sleep. But again. Shanghai treated him well, right? He went to the finest, weird, arcade-looking nightclub. He Shanghai's got to be a good time for him. I mean, I I say this again. I love how everybody wants to armchair quarterback this one. I think it's silly that it happened to begin with. But again, we gave him some respect points. You got a problem? Honestly, I was more so. I think I was just initially shocked that he would be able to turn around given the fight that he just had with George St. Pierre. Yeah, And I think the assumption was, oh, well, if you get choked out, you should be just fine. Well, maybe it's everything that happened before the choke out. So when they cleared him to do it, I said, all right. Then you hear Joe Rogan and all these other people saying he didn't look OK. It's like, what did you expect? Like, this isn't a video game. You don't get a reset button. You don't get to respawn. And then it's a new Michael Bisping. If it did happen, that'd oh, be amazing. God. Although Shitty I think USADA would be really on top of that. If it was just Michael Bisping, though, that's <laughs> the only one that has that power. Hey, hey, I just respawned. Uh, yeah, oh, I just killed back. him again. Uh, killed I, him again. Kill, oh, well, I'm dead. Oh, I'm back up now. Oh, oh God, yeah. son of a oh, bitch. <laughs> this is the worst. This is the worst video game. You would return that. It'd be like that and E.T., the Atari video game. So <laughs> what I'm telling you guys is that's not even the most egregious thing that happened over the weekend because – we had a little time to watch that, and then we recovered from it because everybody forgot about it. But it was a great knockout, so credit to Kevin Galstolem. And yes, I said Kevin because that's a real name, Kelvin. Anyway, then what happened the next day, Kevin, that made us all, I mean, hallucinate, fever oh. dream, put okay. this all together where we think we imagined something that maybe shouldn't have happened. So we have UFC over under picks coming Uh, We're going to talk to uh, a fun friend that I hate when you bring on fighters. Doesn't matter. You're going to find out. (laughs) And that's going to cross some other MMA realms. But first, before we get to any of that seriousness, we have to have a quick grappling moment. So hats off to Bisping. It's uh, always tough to see somebody lose, but whatever. Um, Metamorris happened. You did a live broadcast of your reactions, which is always a fun Q&A where you shame internet pirates, uh, which is one of my favorite things that you do. I'm always in on it. I don't want you to change. And this particular production was by far the worst. In, I'm including the show Nawaza was in that was basically them like trying to go WWE online. I'm including that. This is pretty bad. He fights Gordon Ryan. You got to watch most of it, correct? I watched as much as my phone let me watch. So here's the setup, and here's how it went. Yeah. Let's, Kevin let's take and I are people conflicted play by play. Because 
when you bring up Metamorris, you think of all the shit that they've done. And then you see Hollick have an interview with the Jiu-Jitsu Times where he says, in my mind, I can beat Gordon Ryan if all things are correct. Like, what? Okay. So you're saying at your full capacity, you can do that, which sounds like you're not at full capacity when you say that. But then there was also a drop-in of saying how what fuels him to succeed are his haters. He can't believe the haters are out there, which I'm sure we're haters, so whatever. Uh, but then it's concluding with the fact that he's talking about Keenan and I think the Mendez brothers as Kobe and LeBron and makes some weird metaphors. Like, it's just one chunk that we put as a quotation on our page that is true holic at his best. So when you see stuff like that, I know it's supposed to entice you to order the pay-per-view, but it does the exact opposite to myself and Kevin, who were both we looked at each other and said, Are we really doing this? Are we Are really we? gonna order this? And I gotta tell you, Kev, I feel proud to have ordered and paid my dues to help the metamorphs athletes oh no, none of the money too. is probably not going to no, the athletes 100% not. <laughs> we've got to talk about some things that <sighs> okay so the first three fights are like a total of 14 minutes of fighting we can't hear anybody at first it did look like the commentators were in a bomb shelter they did okay with what they had i thought they, though they definitely referenced except isis as a joke like they were like happy thanksgiving everyone except isis and then followed up raf with uh not to not to insult all of our muslim friends like nope well, nope wasn't an insult to our muslim friends what? until then guys wasn't an insult to them <laughs> just like uh you white guy on the broadcast wouldn't be insulted if somebody was like except you kkk hey well, didn't didn't mean to insult all can I can I give of our white male an listeners. example of that real quick? Hey, sure. shout out to all the fat people who listen to our podcast, right, Kev? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, and uh, yeah, all right. All right. Well, here's what I'll say: That's Chris Howard. Not to and insult, that's just uh, James Ulith. Like, two upstanding individuals. Commentary is hard. We know that. It's just. I will say at the very beginning, it did sound like there was a little bit of dead space. We couldn't hear them at the very beginning. So you knew things were amiss. I want to tell you my first interpretation when the broadcast turned on, because I'll give Metamorphs this and this I don't think has really ever happened in the past, Kev. It started on time. I was impressive that they finally were able to shift it into gear. What a time to do it, too. Because think about this. In the past, you mentioned how Metamorphs loves the countdown clock. You're like, well, they still haven't lost that. It all—it's as though they it genuinely were influenced by Independence Day early on in their lives. They were like, "We gotta have that clock scene," where Goldblum's like, "Boom, whatever it is, we have a clock." But see, you love that. There was nothing I love more than the countdown using the clock that then started another clock that says, "We'll be right back. We're not ready to start. We reached zero already, but we're starting a new clock. So stay tuned. Stay tuned." Nothing better than that. All right, so they start on time. But to me, Kevin, the green mats. Now, that's a Gracie thing. That's part of the academy. I don't really want to get too much on that. That honestly hadn't even occurred to me. I was just like... But the green mats were very different to see on camera. And the fact that there were a bunch of uh, lawn chairs 
that I think were stolen from a wedding somewhere surrounding. I couldn't tell if it was a wedding or a funeral. Like, I didn't know what I was watching. But the actual green mats that then had some surrounding, like, astroturf around it, it Mm. made it look like it was a golf course surrounding a tennis court. (laughs) They, uh... They made some choices that I would not have made broadcast-wise. But that that kind of all alludes back to this whole thing. Might as well have been produced in a garage, and it might have had more romance to it. Super cold in terms of everything. And then, and I, I apologize, I there was no way to re-watch what was happening or know which fighter was which unless you were like matching it up with the card. And I was still at work, so I wasn't 100% focused. Each fight ended so quickly and then that was it. We were just out because there was zero production to it uh, that it was hard to tell. But I know the first three fights were kind of fun in terms of they all ended in a pretty quick submission. Which, by the way, Kev, shows you how far we had to go to get to Metamorphs having submissions. Back in it, my day, you had to watch Metamorphs and you would stay there for 40 minutes at a time until Gary Tonin showed up. <laughs> and then you'd get one submission and that was it. Because... We saved for that one submission. Uh, I I guess my highlight, if I have to choose one, so he starts fighting Gordon. Whatever, so it's a great fight. It's just good and stuff. let's let's address this. This is at like the show started at two thirty. We're talking like two fifty five. They're doing the promotional package to stretch. Yeah, to to really try and get some semblance of. The best part was, bar none, the Gordon knee of, knee of payment, as we mm-hmm. would refer to it. And yes, I was posted as like the main tweeter, the main person using Twitter and the hashtag. Because if you posted in the thing, it just went up like a billboard. So I even quoted you. It's like, knee of payment, Ravis Barza, at Verbal Tapcast. Just like, yeah, oh, <laughs> a little free promo. Why not? Just throw it in there. And it was basically playing the entire time Gordon's just putting a knee on his face, which was really fun to watch. I just want to really <laughs> articulate how good that was. That was the highlight. Said he would submit him between 10 and 18, reveals afterwards as Hollick is like, and we're going to talk about the ending with Hollick's speech, which was so mm. fucking sad to me. It was so sad. The guy is not Gordon's level. It's laughable that Gordon took the fight, but Gordon was like, I'm going to submit him in 10 to 18. Took an additional bet that said he would do it in 10 to 12, submits him at 10 and a half with the triangle choke that he could have done at any moment. What I like to remind people is when they were asking me what did it look like, I said, have you ever done drilling against a dummy? Like one of those grappling dummies where you... You do all the transitions, and you think to yourself, that will never happen in real life. Well, it did, and it happened with an actual black belt who was the grappling dunny uh, for all intents and purposes. I want to say this. Hollick is a black belt, and that should not be taken away from him. So, like, he's a bad businessman, but he's a black belt, so we can give that to him. But Gordon could have ended that at any time. So, yes, we all knew that there was going to be Uh, A kill shot moment from Gordon. Here's what's weird to me. The false humility that Gordon exuded after beating him. And when I say false humility, Gordon gets up because it's metamorphs time. So everybody has to give a speech. What is that? (laughs) Why do they do that? I don't know, dude. It's kind of like the Oscars where everybody just gets really compelled to say. You're going to give a speech. 
I thought the ref was going to give a speech at one point. I think that's Dean oh who was the, the ref. Anyway, and I want to point out, I think Dean's like a purple belt who was refing that match. And I think they didn't even care because they're just like, well, I mean, like, what are you going to do, dude? We can't afford anybody else. Chris is on the microphone for some strange reason. So we're good. And by the way, if you see on video, uh, I'm sure you've seen there's the Instagram clip of it that's already gone out. Uh, Dean, I think one point does like a a spin to the camera and just points. So kudos to him. All right, let's talk about this this whole holic thing. Sure. Here's where it's confusing to me because I look at something like this, Kev, and I think. Okay, yeah, Gordon's being a little on the false humility side because Gordon gets up and in his speech, he says something akin to this. You know, I I really want to thank Hollick for uh, taking the match because uh, they gave uh, a lot of people the opportunity to give a match uh, against me. They they went to like 12 different like black belts and nobody wanted the match. But uh, uh, Hollick, he he came in and he took the match. So uh, hats off to Hollick. No, no, none of us really want to see this match. The only thing is there's the idea that this business owner is taking matters into his own hands, which has a cool narrative sound, except for the fact that Gordon was toying people at ADCC. That's a high caliber tournament. I'm nervous Gordon could still toy with people at EBI coming up this week. And that's an absolute category, and which he's already won. So now we're at this place, Kev, where you think, Damn, dude, this is a this is a tough gig, dude. This could be insane to see live. So, why did we do it? Well, in theory, we're supporting the athletes. So, Kev, let's do some math. You know, it's my favorite thing to do on the show, right? Uh, you do enjoy math. You've enjoyed it this whole time, and they uh, will go for it. Give the audience what you're about to hunt out, which is the logistics of how many people were there and prices. This is you on mute talking about it, or are you? Uh, it's always no, this tell. is. Yeah, I took a second to oh, collect oh, my thoughts. Gathering your numbers research. I had to get out my Glenn Beck chalkboard real quick, everybody. I just so. didn't want to step on any of the amazement. Which I, I appreciate it. So here's what I can tell you guys. Um, for whatever reason, you know, the, the client that we all use to watch a show, if you did watch this show uh, and you weren't trying to illegally pirate it, it's through Kling. And so, Kev, when you saw it, did you ever see a number at any time? Uh, no. Okay. I am fairly certain I saw a number because it makes you watch it through Facebook, essentially. So it asks you what uh, viewing client you want to watch it through. So there's a couple of social media. You can watch it through your email. You can watch it through Twitter. Or you can watch it through Facebook. Now, at one point on there, much like on Facebook Live, when it has a little red spot that says how many people are watching your broadcast live – I saw it read 450 people. Now, that's not to say that only 450 people watched it. That just means at that particular time, which was the main event, 450 people tuned in. Okay? Now, before I go any further on this, I want to let you know these numbers are probably wildly inaccurate. But at least they give us an idea of where we're starting, which is an important part. So let's just do some math. Let's say it was only 450 people. Okay? 450 okay. people. Kevin, how much did you pay for that bullshit? 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Do you know what that comes out to? 450 times 20? Yep. 
Uh, go fuck yourself. I was educated in Kansas. Is that the right answer? $9,000. No, okay. not quite. Although I would love to see you pay a house payment with that sort of attitude, Kevin. <laughs> I'll just send that in. That would feel good. <laughs> go fuck yourself. I'm so would being homeless, right? So about $9,000. Now, to give you guys some uh, better inclusion as to how that can differ from uh, perspective to perspective, uh, earlier today, the MMA Hour had 350 people tune in. And on at one point of the MMA hour, and it could reach as many as 10,000 people. It had a count on there. So while I saw the watching at that second count, I don't have the overall number. But let's say those 450 people watching at 20 bucks a pop gives us at least a base of 9,000. Okay, that's a great place to start. Good for you. Low cost because clearly they only had what two, three cameras, one of which was. I guess they took back one terrible camera trick from Polaris, which was the camera up in the sky, which looked like the dumbest camera pinpoint there was. But I don't know that they had a lot of places to shoot because they wanted to put in all those chairs. Kev, <laughs> when I saw you, how many tickets have they sold uh, when we were in Denver? And that was like, what, 10 days out? It was not long. It was the week before Thanksgiving. Okay. Last week. So they – yeah. <laughs> They basically, 10 days out, eight, let's say 8, 9, 10 days out, they had only sold about 43 tickets that came out to about $3,500 that we talked about last week. But magically, as we got closer to the fight, and this is important to note, when they lost their co-main event between Travis DeWaza and Glover, which, by the way, Jeff Glover didn't really give an actual explanation. He just was like, hey, guys, I'm not, um, I'm not retired, but... I'm not in this. So jujitsu baby and like left, which left Travis Nawaza without a match, which then you would think they would have gotten him somebody, but instead they just canceled him on the card. So that always feels good. That's sure. gotta be amazing. Right. Uh, so they only had four matches, three of which go like super armbar. And I think they were all AOJ guys and they all like were done in 15 minutes as Kevin mentioned. But as you notice, Kev, Maybe, and I'm just putting a theory out there, maybe they couldn't pay for Glover and they cancel a match. I don't know that. It's a question I have if at that time all they had were sales. So one thing we do know for sure is after the match, Gordon got on his Instagram and said that Hollick paid him every cent he was promised. So the question now is, Kevin, with that 3500 and I jelly bean the amount of people in that room. Would you like to know how many people uh, were in the jelly bean jar? How many? I am curious. 80. What? Excuse me? And that includes competitors. So it's they may have said on the website that they only had like 20 tickets left by Thursday, even though they got rid of a co-main event, lost another competitor but somehow sold more tickets and were almost at capacity except for 20 tickets. And I thought to myself, were they giving away tickets? So let's say I'm wrong. It could entirely be possible. Let's say they sold 100 tickets, Kev. Let's say. Okay. Okay. Let's say they, they sold 100 tickets. And I'm okay. completely wrong and I didn't know. <laughs> Maybe that gets them a $10,000 gate. So hopefully – if they do like the Ariel Hawani Facebook Live that had 350 people watching at one point, that came out to 10,000 people. Maybe if they had 450 people tuning in at one point, 
maybe that could result in a higher multiple. So let's hope that they get closer to maybe 5,000 people watching. And if that's the case, maybe they raised, what, like, uh, I got to do some math here, Kev. What is 5,000 people? This is kind of times 20, Kev. 5,000 people times 20. This one I can easily do. Yeah. Uh, 100,000. All right. So maybe, guys, let's hope that maybe, just maybe, they did bigger business than we're allotting for. I guess what I'm saying is, given the amount of people, and I saw one person say that Holix still owes their friend $10,000. Damn. That $100,000 probably goes real quick. You know, that promotional material didn't make itself. Gordon didn't make himself. I bet they probably offered to pay for travel as well. Did they pay for, you know, Gary or Danaher to come out? They definitely were not paying the athletes to my knowledge, but that might be something worth noting. So uh, I hope they made some money, Kev. A lot of I question guess, marks well. still left, I guess. Yes. You might say. A lot of questions. Not so as anyway, many answers as you'd want in this type of situation. Let's talk about the the repercussions, though, Kev. You brought up some stuff, and I, I want to address this because we did a whole live podcast, and there were so many people who wanted to know the result. They knew the result was going to happen, but they kind of wanted to know the how and when. So thanks to you guys, we had two thousand four hundred degenerates watch my stream in the hopes that I would turn the camera around and AJ Aga's arm it, but. What is the repercussion of this? Like, what is the implication of going to a lower grade? Has Metamorphos lost the prestige? Definitely. We're talking. I, I was actually, it, I, I think this was maybe as bad as it gets. So we'll see if Hollick's got something innovative, but he didn't this time. Doesn't look good. This might it be the looks- swan song. A choke out from Gordon Ryan. Because it wasn't even as fun as you kind of want it to be. Because we saw no. this before. It's hard to say because one of the things it had going for it was that it always looked pristine. Like it always, even when you didn't like it, it still felt like a show, a spectacle, a production. This felt, you know, like a funeral. And <laughs> yes. I don't this feel like felt, we've seen the end of it. This felt sadder. That's what it felt. Mm. And it was just such a non-event. Come on. Yeah. He has no business. So I guess the takeaways from us on this one is, guys, um, you know, I really want to see these athletes get paid. I'm just – I am sincerely worried this doesn't pay all their debts and we have another telethon to raise money for this telethon. Uh, so More in if it's just a telethon. I want to be super clear. But let's say all of us is wrong. Let's say I, I was giving them the benefit of the doubt and they didn't come anywhere close to that 100000 Because one of the things that Hollick said was uh, that AJ streamed that video from the last feed to 100,000 people and just 10% of that feed would have paid for the Metamorphos athletes, which tells me a couple things. One, really? That's the numbers? <laughs> Two. Doesn't sound right. Wait, that doesn't sound like my checkbook and your checkbook look the same here, Hollick, because if one person on Facebook, and they're legitimately telling the truth, and I again, it's Facebook, anybody could say what they want there, but if one person really is owed 
then uh, I don't think just 10% of that AJ stream that hurt you was uh, going to pay for everything. Plus, that assumes everybody would pay. Because some people watched a feed like ours to get out of having to pay anything, which that does exist. But to those of you who did tune in, thank you very much. We had a great time with you guys. Amen. It's pretty fun. Yep. Um, over under? Yeah, let's go do that. Hey, it's the holidays. It's time to go get an upgrade on the underwear you're training in. Let's be specific. North-South Jiu-Jitsu underwear. I have been using it just to run in the cold. Super helpful. It does stay in grip, Raph. I got to tell you, I feel like I'm going to grapple. I have the hips situation and the butt where there it's really difficult for me to keep everything tucked in butt-wise. Super. This like- takes away all that. All of that. North-South Jiu-Jitsu underwear. Get it for the holidays. This is a simple but thoughtful gift. The best and best types of gift, dare I say, Raph. I felt like some people were willing to give it a chance until you started talking about your regions. Sure. So okay. don't do that. Don't even focus on no. it. Go to northsouthjujitsu.com. Check it out. And I want to tell you guys this. If you want to get one of our T-shirts for our Verbal Tap listeners, and only you guys, because we love That's you guys true. more than anybody else, I want to make sure you guys know if you want to get the discount, the discount of $5 off, you need to use the following code. Which code, Kevin? You need to use TURTLE. Just enter in TURTLE, T-U-R-T-L-E. Don't start singing T-U-R-T-L-E power. T-U. It'll drive everyone in the nope, house nope. crazy. Do it privately later. T-U-R-T-L-E, TURTLE. It's a position in jiu-jitsu that some of us yep. used recently. <laughs> in other areas of power. Uh, so do that. You guys can buy t-shirts or patches at verbaltabcast.com. Verbaltabcast.com. FC pay-per-view, which means, Kevin... Yeah, it uh, means UFC pay-per-view. We have uh, some sort of competition. Mm -hmm. Fever pitching me out, but over under? Yes, yes. It's our recurring segment. We didn't change the name to Top Bottom. I thought we... No, no. I'll check the name. We didn't want to give the easy jokes to have people say you're a power bottom or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mostly (laughs) for this reason... Ladies and gentlemen, whenever we do these things, they're fun when we bring on writers or other jujitsu fighters. But Kevin, what if I were to tell you for today's very special installment of Over Under Kevin, UFC 218, I were to bring on a fighter, Kevin, how would you feel about that again? I fucking hate it when you do that. That's how I feel about it. Why, why do you hate it? Is it that they're more intense? Is it that they have more knowledge than you? You just got to be careful not to cross a line when you could inevitably roll with an MMA fighter. Every jiu-jitsu person knows this. They're mean. They use their elbows differently, and that's where slapping came from. They started it. We just evolved. <laughs> well, from the sound of it, it sounds like the fighter that we have on the line right now is already causing destruction 
to the point where there are sirens in the background. So you know that's an ominous side for you, Kevin. But let's greet our <laughs> MMA fighter and jiu-jitsu black belt, Kev, in one, Noah what Tillis. Are. Noah, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, guys. How are you? Uh, very good. Thank you very much for uh, telling us that you're doing okay, especially amidst all the sirens. Are you in danger right now, sir? Uh, no, I'm not. I took care of some stuff, but I'm not in any danger. You took care of some stuff <laughs> is the shadiest way anybody's ever come onto this show, that, like, at least in way. the past year. Whatever, that's how, that's, how, that's how it needs to be. So here's what we need to tell the people, Kevin. <laughs> Our good friend Noah Tillis, he's going to be appearing on what? I believe it's Bellator 192 at the forum. Is that correct, Noah? Yep, Bellator 192. Okay, cool. Tell us how that all came together. Because some of you may be familiar with Noah as a jiu-jitsu badass. You see him on plenty of cards. He was at Ultimate Mat Warriors. He was uh, somebody who competed at the Nawaza Challenge, which I commentated years ago. And is now cheating on us. Yeah, you were talking about my hair the whole time. Well, let's be real. You're the one that needed to fix your <laughs> hair. Great. You had swooping hair in your face consistently. And this is what I loved about that tournament. Everybody had bangs that just kept getting in their face that they just kept, like, shampoo commercialing, getting out of their face where they'd shake their head back. And I was like, I have to make fun of these people. Yeah. No, it was great. It looked good. Um, yeah, so the... The card's going to be Bellator 192. It's going to be Douglas uh, Douglas Lima and Rory McDonald. Um, it's going to be a good card. Um, from what I'm told, the, the fights are matching up pretty well right now. I'm getting some insight about who all is going to be on the card. And just even as a fan, it looks pretty good. So I'm excited to, to fight early, get it done, and then kind of just take a seat and watch the fights. Uh, it came about um, just local matchmaking. They, uh, I've been a little bit more active. I'm 4-2 and two as a pro. Um, with the MMA, I am focused more on my jiu-jitsu for, for the last six years. I opened up my gym six years ago, so I took a little hiatus from, from MMA. But uh, now that the gym is a little bit more established, I have a lot more color on the mat. I'm able to get a little bit more training for myself in. You know, I've been fighting. I had, I had two fights last year, um, winning both of those in under a minute. So, you know, got, got in contact with Bellator. We figured that out. And uh, now on the card, going to fight a very tough uh, Jalen Turner. So I'm excited for that. You and Jalen Turner. Interesting. It was Jalen also the person who had that barn burner of a fight with uh, one uh, Rich Leroy? Yes, yes, that's him. That, that was a good fight. Oh, my God. All right. Well, you, you know that you're in for a great fight, folks. That uh, One of the best uh, live fights I've ever seen. Uh, obviously, those two guys are awesome. Uh, let's talk about this, Noah, because a, a lot of people may not be super familiar with you who maybe listen to our show because they're uh, cultured. But let's give people an introduction to you. What should people know about you in case they don't know anything about you? Like, what's something about you or your jiu-jitsu or your history as an MMA fighter that people should know from the get-go? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, well, I think, I think my style of jiu-jitsu is, you know, I'm not going to, not going to say I'm not going to, but I, I don't win a lot of IBJJF stuff by advantages. I usually am either going to win by submission or I'm going to die in a, you know, blazing fire going for it, you know? 
that's just my style. My style of jiu-jitsu has always been based for MMA because that's what I was always been doing. I don't fight for advantages or <clears throat> or I'm not killer on like holding lapels for 10 minutes, you know? So yeah. my style of jiu-jitsu has always been geared for MMA and there's some great jiu-jitsu fighters that doesn't transfer over well. Um, I'm a pressure fighter. I'll put pressure, um, you know, keeping limited space, ground and pound. I, I have good wall work off the wrestling and stuff. I wrestled almost just as long as I've done jujitsu. So I think that's the difference is my, uh, my jujitsu is geared towards MMA. Um, that's a big thing. I, I fought in the first, uh, pancreation that was ever in California that it just started. I was 12 years old. They had that event, uh, Time out. down in San Diego. I was, I was joking about the slap yeah. jitsu. Yeah. But let's, you, let's... you did it like a decade ago. What? No, 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 it wasn't, sla- it wasn't pancrease. It was pancreation. So it was a little different. Pancreas was yeah the open hand slash pancreation was was uh it was MMA from the neck down so it was like when you're a kid it was kind of cool you could do body shots take the guy down knee him in the ribs punch him in the body and then set up submissions and so it was MMA just with no face shots so it was good for us as kids. And, uh, yeah, I want to this is not boding well for your <laughs> over under bullshit, Raph. I'm terrified of this individual. You fought him before? No, no. I'm wearing a tie dye shirt right now, man. I'm not. I'm not a fighter. Yeah, he's also got glasses that are that super deceptive. Oh, fucking course he does. Okay, uh, carry you know, on. He's, he's got what he's referred to at times as his chicken little glasses from old school times. Yeah. But no, Noah. Noah's definitely a beast. Here's what you should know about Noah. I have seen him uh, teach seminars. I have seen him teach classes. And it's not a joke when he mentions the kind of pressure he he really does instruct well with. Um, he has a number of wrestlers who gravitate toward him just because his style seems to fit uh, a very good, like, make you feel uncomfortable for the most amount of time. I think that's the best way I can describe what he does best. And yeah. like, Yeah, pressure burst pipes. And let me bring this up. If you guys haven't seen, I think my buddies uh, Mike Frosto and Octavio Villanueva both got Tillis's armbar, which was one of the most beautiful flying armbars I got to see this year, like right before ADCC, like it just looked like the spirit of Davi Ramos manifested in Noah, where it was just like, oh, I'm going to jump and I'm going to get this. Uh, yep. And I've got this flying armbar. We. Uh, just to me, I feel like when I watch someone accomplish a flying armbar, like it's that scene from Space Jam where Michael Jordan's stretched in the air. Because it's just like, I don't have that ability. I'm not dunking the fucking basketball. I'm also not flying. Yeah, it was, it was a weird one. It wasn't, a, it wasn't like it, we weren't standing. He sat to his butt. And yeah, I did. It's funny that you bring, bring up Davey Ramos. I was asked to do a break. Yeah, I was. I was asked to do a breakdown of his armbar he did, the exact same armbar. Um, I did a breakdown for MMA Latest. So they came and videotaped a um, breakdown I did for that armbar. Mm. So I've drilled the thing many times. And I mean, it's, it's nothing ridiculous. If you can, you go to the head, they're going to they're gonna push you away. And when they push you away, they're disconnecting their elbows from their knees. And you know where an armbar should be. So you just kind of kind of gravitate yourself, blocking the chest and stepping over the head. So it, it just worked out good. I, I reached for his head. Reach for his head to see where he was going to post, and right when I saw his elbows come up, it was armbar. No, no, I get you, black belt. That's totally super easy <laughs> for all of the rest of us to do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know. I just like the idea. It's just like what you can't. 
It's that moment in jiu-jitsu where everybody does oh, a cartwheel, and you're like, Raph, you don't cartwheel? And I'm like, nah, bro, I, I, I didn't even cartwheel as a fucking child. Raph, this is where we also need to make that <laughs> warning to our less limber practitioners. Do not just think your knees will find the elbow. You need to focus and drill it with a professional. That's the end of the warning. Yeah. Yeah, you do, you do have to drill it. Now, granted, okay, so that that's the thing that people should know about you. One thing that I do want to ask, because we always ask this, how did you, because you said you were wrestling, you, did you go from wrestling to jiu-jitsu, or did you go from wrestling straight into MMA? No. Um, so I started karate when I was four, and uh, I loved the Power Rangers, and and uh, I would watch the old UFCs went with my grandpa, and there was, when I was about four or five years old, right before I turned five, I went to the park across the street from my house. My, my neighbor buddy was doing karate and I was being a whiny little bitch. And I was like, I want to do karate too. And, um, ended up going over there and doing karate and it wasn't, you know, it was cool, but like they were, I've always been really aggressive. So there was really like, they would always get in trouble cause I would be, you know, sparring a little too hard. So, um, you know, they recommended a different class on Saturdays and that one was really cool. The, the guy, you know, he would let us spar hard and, by this, by this time, I'm about seven years old, and he starts showing a little bit of jiu-jitsu. He was like a three-stripe white belt or something. He didn't know very much at all, but uh, he would show like a, you know, a key lock and mount and side control after the, after the karate class on Saturday, and I just I loved that so much more. I was like, man, this is, this is so neat, and I would try to key lock all the time, and so I asked my dad, <clears throat> and so I was seven. I was eight, so this is 20 years ago. I'm 27 now, so I would ask my dad, you know, hey, you want to do jiu-jitsu? And he's looking in the phone book. He's not looking on his iPhone. He's looking in the phone book. And we found uh, Rodrigo Maderos, which is my coach, still my coach. Um, uh, Rodrigo Maderos was in La Habra. So it was only about five miles from us. And, and I went there. I was about eight when I started with him. And that's, uh, that's when I started jiu-jitsu. And then when I started wrestling, I was about 11. And the only reason why I started wrestling was for jiu-jitsu. So, you know, I show up. I, one of my teammates at, the, at jiu-jitsu was going to wrestling tournaments. They were wrestling at a club. And they're like, yeah, you should work on your, come to these tournaments. They're only $10 or five or 10 bucks, the wrestling tournaments, but they're every Sunday. And so I'd go and I didn't know anything about wrestling, but I would go and do takedowns and get beat up. And I just knew like a shitty double leg that you learn from jujitsu, you know, that this Brazilian's not a wrestler at all. But, and then I found a club and I started wrestling a lot more, but I wrestled just to help my jujitsu. Same, same now. I'll go to the college and wrestle just to help my jujitsu run and stuff. So. It's always yeah. kind of formatted. I don't consider myself a, a fighter or a cage fighter. I believe in jujitsu, so it all stems for that. Okay, Kev, here's something that's interesting about a story that I know that maybe you don't yet, which is Tillis runs uh, tournaments out here in SoCal, the SoCal Jiu-Jitsu uh, Championships, and one of the cool things about that is he keeps the price super low. So when you talk about ten to fifteen dollars for wrestling tournaments, oh damn, like. No, 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 but that's 10 to 15 for wrestling tournaments. The the price that I see you usually start is like almost like 40, 50 bucks, which is a steal. Yeah, 40 bucks. Yeah, which is a steal for most tournaments that uh, involve any form of jiu-jitsu. Big time. Dude, IBJJF literally yeah, a lot charges of those are $40 just to look both ways when you cross the street to yeah. go to an IBJJF tournament. application it's 40 fee. bucks and only one match. <laughs> Is especially unless your gi's not up to spec, 
than you would have yeah. at the yeah. fucking door. Well, don't worry. Tillis definitely uh, directs people to uh, merchandisers that's like, oh, you can't compete in that rash guard. You got to go get a special Noah Tillis rash guard. Yeah. Uh, let yeah, me let me point joke. this out, though, because I, I said one nice thing. So now I have to say one real thing, Kev. At the last tournament, yeah. I went over and I saw Noah. And I went to give him some pointers. Because, you know, as you hear him on the, the radio right now, not super charismatic, right, Kev? Oh, not at all. Doesn't no. have that brush of yeah. ease. Nah. So I walked over to give him a few pointers. And I was like, hey, Noah, here's the best advice I could give you for being on the microphone. Don't fuck up. <laughs> so Noah gets on this microphone. And what did you say, Noah? What did you say about me in front of all these people? I just I told everybody that we have you know world famous Rafa Sparza here, and I think we should always give him a round of applause. There's no no disrespect. I just thought we should all appreciate greatness when it's around us. Absolutely. So I'm supposed the best to compete part against this, him. He sounds you, amazing. You, you will be in just a second. But here's why it's Fine. so funny. So it's supposed to like be kind of a an expert level of trolling. But what ends up happening is people legitimately start clapping for me, and I just look over at Tillis and I was like, ha. I feel loved. Thanks. <laughs> they love so, you, dude. Of course. They thought, they no. thought you were somebody for a second. All right, hey, listen, dude. I'm not the idiot that told people to clap for me. But damn if I was surprised <laughs> if they did. So when I looked around, I was like, oh, shit, I got a good ovation. That was actually pretty good. Thanks, Tillis. Boom. Nice. You're roasted. Uh, Tillis, I have to ask this. This is so important to me because... You know, we're good pals, but I, I don't know what this answer is. Can we ask you about your beginnings? We ask you something that people should know about you. When's the moment you knew that you were hooked to jiu-jitsu, sir? Oh, that's uh, that's one I haven't heard before, actually. Um, that's hard to say. Um, probably hooked was when I was yeah, maybe 12, 13, when I was really diving in. Actually, I can answer that. When I was about 13... I started compete. I was an orange belt and I started competing in the adults division, the adults blue belt division. Cause, uh, you know, like I said, when I was 13, that was 14 years ago. Jiu-jitsu was still very, very new. So there wasn't any orange belts around and, you know, they were mix and match and get me matches. And I was sponsored by show your roll at the time. They were just coming out with patches and shirts. I've been with show your roll since I was 13. So bear, um, bears coach at the time, Sakino did a tournament and, um, he tells me, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll, let's move around. Let's get you some more matches, you know? And I was like, fuck it. Let's just do the... I didn't say fuck it because I was 13. But I said like... Uh, <laughs> you 100% uh, said fuck it at 13. Does, do like not it. allow him to rewrite the story, people. Yeah. But I said, uh, I said, let's just do the men's blue belt division. So I did the male, uh, the rooster weight division. And I, I kind of, you know, I was only 116 pounds at the time. I ended up going one and one. I won one match by armbar and I lost uh, one. But I just realized I was like, man, this is so, this is what I've always done. I, you know, my technique is better than these guys. And from then on, I was always doing the adults divisions, you know? So, um, I'd do the kids as well, or the teens, if they were there, if it was a big tournament, but that's kind of where it was a big thing for me. Cause it was before I would just show up, you know, I'd maybe win or lose or whatever it was, but I do the kids divisions, but those challenges are what I always like, you know? So <clears throat> going with the adults was always something really neat. And then, you know, not long after that, when I was a teenager, 16, I think, 15 yeah I was about 16 I started doing the, the the you know the expert and adult divisions when I was about 15 16 so those were always fun I was going against the best black belts in the world at that time 
and I was a blue belt. So that's the, that's the stuff that I really liked. So it was hooked. There was no, you know, there was a time when I was 14 that I thought I was going to quit jujitsu. I had this crazy dude put me in a triangle at open mat and he didn't want to let go. And, you know, it was, he thought I was being rude or disrespectful or something. The guy was just a fucking idiot. And, um, <clears throat> you know, took like three guys to pry his legs open and stuff. And that, uh, that I just said, I told my coach, my coach drove me home. My dad was at work and, uh, I was like, um, I'm not coming back. Like I'm done. And I really thought I was going to quit jujitsu at the time, but a couple of days later, you know, I realized the guy was just a piece of shit and, uh, it wasn't, that's not something that really happens. So that was cool. But yeah, probably when I started doing the adults divisions, mm-hmm. not even doing them and being successful, just doing them is when I really realized that this was a part of my life. Okay. There, there's a lot to disseminate through all of that. Attempted the first of which, at one point. yeah, no, the attempted murder is definitely one that he sweeps underneath the rug oh, where it's okay. like, Hey, okay. Noah, <laughs> tell us what kept you in jujitsu. Well, I mean, I started entering adult divisions. Then some dude tried to kill me when I was fucking 14, but Ah, you know, that's what I knew I was hooked. Oh, wait, something to that degree. <laughs> the second part of that story that oh I think we need, to, we need to discuss, Noah, is how many child labor laws were you fucking up throughout your time? Because it started with you saying, like, oh, I was doing pancreation, which, by the way, pancreation sounds like a form of pullout. <laughs> but... You were doing that at tw- like twelve years old. You were you were fighting already at twelve with with body strikes at least. Yeah, they had right? the first one. Yeah, yeah. And then you started doing years. MMA at how old? Well, I mean, I did that until um, when I when I did MMA, it was just pancreation. Then I did some smokers. That's when smokers were still a thing right. before before camo was involved. And I turned pro in two thousand eight when I was eighteen. So. I was doing right. mostly pancreation, did some smokers, and then but uh, got my pro license when I was eighteen. Jesus! All right, Kev. Well, you have to go up against this. Do you have questions for him? Uh, yes. <laughs> so let's just uh, take a trip back. You remember fighting February '06 against Nick Willard in All Star Boxing, caged in the cannon? Absolutely. That was. I remember that. Uh, it was well, in 2006, though. Uh, 2009, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just making sure Sure Dog's got your record correct here. Because sure, dog, sure Dog does it. Well, then the next fight, Raph, Dr. Stoppage on a TKO. What did you do to Eric Brown? Uh, Eric Brown, uh, he was a great, he was a tough opponent. But um, that one was, that one was uh, started up right hand. Uh, body lock took his back and then finished him with strikes from the back. Doesn't sound like a jiu-jitsu fighter to me, Raph. I think I'm ready. Right now. That's all I needed. All right. Well, listen, this is the best part of the show because we get to know a little bit about the people before we transition into a game. So is there anything else you want to say that's kind of nice to him before you have to start talking shit to him, Kevin? Oh, yeah. You're a blast to watch fight. You're always fun in terms of uh, MMA-wise. Uh, it's It's been a while. I caught a YouTube video before this. It was a little terrifying. So it'll be fun to see you in Bellator, but what's your thought process? You you pulled out of a fight to win, or you pancreationed out of a fight to win. Are you planning a next <laughs> jiu-jitsu fight after Bellator, or you? how does that work for you in terms of what you plan? Yeah, um, I... I was talking to um, a few different promoters to see 
see when I'm on my compete again, but I don't want to really take much time off. But as far as anything planned, no, but I'm going to try to get a super fight or something as soon as I can, you know, maybe try to get a super fight on maybe one of Boogie's uh, Ultimate Warrior card. I really like that card or uh, this guy, Cat Clark over in Nova Scotia. That'd be kind of cool. He's always looking for stuff, but I'd like to stay active right after the Bellator, but um, I don't have anything planned. Yeah, it sucks. I got to tell you, you're putting me in the quandary because Boogie's next tournament for Ultimate Matt Warriors is the same day as that Bellator up here. Yeah. And uh, normally I try to double dip if I can, but I haven't quite yet made my Sophie's choice here. So uh, I may see you. I don't know. We'll see. Bellator would also have to credential me, which means they'd have to consider us a legitimate news source. So that's a whole different beast into itself. <laughs> and that's them. Yeah. Mutual on that. Everyone has to be professional. Absolutely. Let's do this, Kev. Let's go ahead and transition to the game. Over, over, under, Kevin. And now it's time for the thrilling installment of Over, Under, Kevin. Kevin, Kevin, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope you were excited to listen to Noah Tills take on my co-host Kevin Phillips in a thrilling game of Over, Under, Kevin. The way this game works, very simple. We go through the entire UFC one eight, uh, 218 pay-per-view card. We go out of order. We give each participant 15 seconds to say who they think is going to win. If I so deem it, they will get 15 seconds of rebuttal time. And at the end, whoever gets the most picks correct wins. It's that simple. For tiebreakers, we go to performances of the night and fight of the night. Gentlemen, do you both understand the rules? Kevin, do you understand the rules? I don't agree with them. I find them to be like 27 democracy, missing some tact. That's fine. Not relevant. Stricken from the record. Tillis, do you understand the rules, sir? I wasn't paying attention at all the whole time you were talking, but it seems simple enough. Let's do it. It's all right. I figured we were going to do a concussion test right in the middle of there, and you passed (laughs) with flying colors sir uh before we start do you have anything that you would like to say to each other keep in mind the trash talking begins now tell us i'll let you have opening statement to kevin i just he just seems like such a swell dude i hope i hope he really thinks out his answers puts forth you know weighs out pros and cons and does his best kevin do you have a response to that yeah, look, uh, I, you're not fighting Jeff Carson at the Gladiator Challenge here at American Pride, which sounds like it was held in a gay bar. I'm just going to say it in the Midwest. This is not a guillotine choke situation. This is going to take the full three to seven rounds. I don't know how many they're fighting in Bellator these days, but I just want to thank you for coming on to my medium as opposed to making me go to yours. Oh, yeah, uh, that works out well. Yo, yo, hold up, though. I really want to make sure people know. More gay pie parades should have an MMA match at the end. I agree more. Wow. (laughs) Genius stumbling block at the end of that one, guys. All right, let's go to our first match. Kev, you're going to lead us off. I've got 15 seconds on the clock for telling us who will win in this heavyweight bout between Justin, what you talk about, Willis versus Alan Crowder. Go. Yeah, I feel like I kind of have to take Justin. It's Big Pretty is his nickname. He's 5-1, and one, but his opponent is Pretty Boy. 
And I, I like Big Pretty over Pretty Boy because Pretty Boy takes me Kansas flashback Justin Willow. All right. There we go on that one. All right, Tillis, you got this one. And 15 on the clock for you, sir. Go. Yeah, I'm probably going to go with Crowder as well. Um, I don't I don't know much about these guys, but I'm re- I really want some clam chowder. And I just kind of feel like <laughs> his name makes me really hungry. So I, I'm going to go with Crowder. He's going to pull it out. Have some clam chowder. It's gonna be a good day. Okay, Kev. Do you think Objection. his decision to Objection. want? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead, sir. I'll, I'll allow fifteen seconds on the clock for you. He obviously has pegged me as a fat kid and is using food metaphors to distract me from focusing that he's doing Machiavellian like things. Okay, I see what I'm up against. Because and I definitely am not craving clam chowder, Raph. Uh, Tillis, is that part of the plan? Why don't you go and respond, sir? Oh, he sounds like a fat bitch. He sounds, he sounds like he fucking breathes oatmeal after running half a mile. But um, he's probably a good dude, you know? Okay. Is that a thing to have oatmeal after a run? Present mood is fat bitch, by the way. No, it's more, it's more to play on his cardio. His cardio oh, is probably okay. garbage. Sounds like. But. This guy gets me. <laughs> Raph, next, we got to go to the next fight. I'm getting killed here on the ropes. I listen. Listen, this is too much. Uh, we've already started off fantastic. Tillis, you're going to lead us off on this next one. It's a light heavyweight fight between Jeremy Kimball and Dominic Reyes. Go. I'm going to go with Jeremy Kimball. Again, I don't know anything about these two fighters, um, but I know a guy with the last name Kimball. So. He's probably they're probably related somehow, and that guy seems pretty tough. So I'm gonna go with Kimball. Sound logic, Kevin? What do you got for us? Uh, first, no way he has a friend because Kimball's made up. So I'm just gonna call it out. Second, uh, I gotta go with Dominic Reyes because I'm not sure Jeremy Kimball has been around people in a long time, and I'm nervous. Big beard, okay? Man. Nickname okay. Grizzly. Big beard grizzly. Hibernation season with a nickname. Like I'm just throwing out facts. Kevin, if you're bringing up hibernation, do you feel that Noah's a little bit of sleep right now? Does he need to be jilted back up? Like, where do you feel his energy level is right now? Classic case of a hard worker, Raph. They're always tired mm. by this mm. time. <laughs> not, oh. not us. I you want uppers. You can't just talk shit and then come back with the compliments. Because now I now I feel bad. <laughs> so, well, well let's, the, Machiavellian checkmate, Raph. <laughs> uh, Tillis, are you you getting a little thrown off here because Kevin's intermixing both his shit talking and compliments? Yeah, like I'm getting like a quarter chub, like getting getting excited to get in some fucking verbal battles, and then then he's telling me I'm a hard worker. Like, which one is it? Yeah, <laughs> my piece yeah. of shit, or that's the stick to one. I, I would like to point out to the audience listening how easily Noah gets a chub. Just from the sound of it, for him saying, like, you know, somebody gave me a half compliment. Ooh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm pancreation right now. Not just anyone, Raph. People yeah. have verbal tap. That's true. Fair enough. Kevin, you're going to lead us off on this next bout. It is a welterweight match between Alex Olive Garden and Yancey Medeiros. Go. Two people that have both hurt me in the past. This one is tough. Uh, I guess I'm going to go. You know what? I'm taking a United States over Brazil stance here. I'm going with Yancey Medeiros. I also don't know what 
wait this fight is at. But... That's perfectly fine. Uh, Tillis, I've got 15 on the clock for you, sir. Yeah, I, I was. I looked at this earlier, and I like Yancey as well. When he came up to 170, he's doing a lot better. He's a lot longer. Uh, uh, Olive Garden doesn't really throw a lot, and he's kind of stiff. So I think Yancey's going to piece him up. Okay, okay. Uh, Kev, he's starting to introduce sound logic into his decisions. I can, Is that going to hinder him? Go ahead. I can fix that. I found out today uh, from a news article that a couple that loves Olive Garden is naming their child Olivia Garden. So take that analysis oh. and shove it up your ass. We're ready for my Olive Garden factoids. Where are you guys? Uh, to be oh. fair, that was the reason why I brought up that name. So. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Topical humor on this show. Can't Topical. get enough of it, you guys. I'm about All to right. fucking drink some pre-workout. Let's get this shit going. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Tillis definitely sounds like the guy who can make pre-workout sound like it's drugs. Well, he, I mean, he is going to snort it, but isn't that... Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Noah, why don't you do this? Why don't you lead us off on this lightweight bout between David Tamur and... Docker close, which is one too many Ks for my preference. Go. Uh, can, you, can you repeat the names? I'm sorry. Sure. David Tamor versus Docker close. Go. Okay. Uh, David Tamor, um, he was he was on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, I think he was in the Conor McGregor season. He's a good kickboxer. I think he came down from 70, if I'm not mistaken. He might have been at 55, but uh, he's pretty tough. I don't, I don't see him really finishing a lot of people, and seeing how I don't know anything about the other guy, I think Tamor's probably going to keep it on his feet, decision. Don't fucking buzz me when I'm talking. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> you know what? Time committed. You're done. Kevin, you've got 15. <laughs> no, I agree with him. I think I should cede five seconds. You've gotten too powerful, Raph. What's gone to your head on this show? Uh, I'm going to go with Drakkar, and I can't believe his middle name isn't Malfoy. Come on, guys. United States, 8-0-1, and, and Tamor is too pretty. He's simply too pretty to do this. Okay. Good to know. All right, let's go to our next bout. It is a flyweight bout between Henry Sejudo and Sergio Pettis. Kevin, you start us off on this. It hasn't been a great month for the Pettises. And as you know, they are the same person. One is just a – it's like uh, that – multiplicity movie situation i gotta go with henry the messenger Sehudo. plus i've been listening to a lot of colts podcasts just to shout out to them it always has a messenger i'm seeing it as a sign okay okay tell us what do you got for us on this one yeah Sehudo looks a lot better he's moving a lot better um instead of getting embarrassed by dj he actually moving, striking, he's in and out. I think he's going to be too much for, for Sergio. When he wants to take him down, he will. But I think he's going to keep it on the feet and still win the fight. Here's a question. Is anybody overlooking the fact that Henry Sejudo actually jumped off a building and injured his foot? I think it only... Oh, no, I got, I got a jump. I don't sit around and read stupid fucking articles all day. So. <laughs> got well, job. it was during wait, the wait, wildfires. Hold on, hold on. Uh, okay. I want to I point out... The cush job that one Noah Tillis has. Hey, Noah, what are you up to? Jerking off? Okay, cool. You want to come on our show? Ah, fuck, does it mean I have to stop jerking off? No, it does not. Probably do. 100% it does not, Raph. We've had, it's in the rider. 
Ever since you didn't ask me what my job was. <laughs> uh, let's do this. Uh, it's a lightweight bout between Charles Oliveira and Paul Felder. Noah, you start on this. Go. Hello? Yeah, Noah, you've got a match between Charles Oliveira versus Paul Felder. Go. Um, I think Paul Felder. Uh, uh, you know, that one's a tough one. one. It seems like one's on his way down and one's on his way up. And I think Paul Felder's tough. He's pretty sound. Again, he's going to keep moving forward. He's got tighter boxing. If he can get away from the kicks and step inside that range, I think Paul Felder's probably going to take that one. All right, Kev, what do you got for Friday us? Many days. DeBron's with a triangle choke on the ground I'm, I'm the irish dragon i don't it's something about people with red hair raf i'm not going to get too into it but i'm going with Oliveira. okay all right uh, i'm actually putting 20 seconds on the clock for kevin and 13 seconds on the clock for noah for this next bout kevin you're going to lead us off kev it's a heavyweight bout between hey now you're an all-star overream versus mm-hmm. Francis Naganu, go. You know I'm following my man, Francis the Predator Naganu, first, so I don't have to hear about Jesus or steroids. And second, uh, no, those are the only two reasons. Love me some Alistair Overeem. Love that he's still getting in the cage. Uh, the Predator, it is for me. All right, Noah, you get 13 seconds for mouthing off the last time. Who do you got for us on this one? On this one. Oh, sorry, Daddy. Um, I'm probably going to go with Francis as well. I like that one. I think uh, Alistar has been knocked out. And not saying that that's it for him, but I think if that big old hammer touches his chin, he's going to go down again. And I think mm-hmm. that guy can do it. So Francis Nunano is probably going to get the knockout. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. You've taken some heavy blows in uh, fighting. I do get How would you? How would you say Kevin is faring? Would you say that Kevin is somebody who's still on their feet? If this were an MMA fight, this banter back and forth between the two of you, is Kevin kind of rocked? Is he dazed? Is he in a bad oh, no, stance? He seems like he's got a lot of knowledge. Of, yeah, he seems like he's probably losing to me by split decision. But, I mean, he's doing all right. Oh, shit, Kev. Did you hear that? You're going to make it to a split decision. Uh, that feels good. That feels good um, yeah. because, you know, unlike his loss to Nick Willard, yeah. which was unanimous, it'll feel good to <laughs> have oh, some. fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That might have been one of the greatest moments for Kevin in over-under Kevin history. Wow. That was really smooth. I was, I, was, I was fighting professional MMA when I was 18. Let's go back to Kevin. He's probably packing a nice weed bowl over wherever he lives, like in Utah or something. You know, he's probably you know, just got out of high school. He's down a couple credits. But, you know, as much as he believes he's going to make it, he's going to keep doing his homework, maybe some after-school classes. He ends up not graduating. He works selling VHSs for the next six months. Doesn't go to community college like his mom wants him to. You know, it, it spirals into effect. So we can always compare what we were doing at 18, but it's the past the past, you know? I have an important question to ask Utah here, with Kansas dead on, by the way. Again, I did work at Blockbuster briefly. So not wrong about Again, that. very important question here, Noah. Uh, are you the person writing the Verbal Tap fan fiction that we keep getting sent? <laughs> no, I've never, I've never even seen that. Now I think I probably will. 
that sounded like you spent a lot of time behind a typewriter going like, he said, be kind, rewind, as he touched her slowly, making eye contact with her. Anyway, all right, well, that was intricate. Let's go to our next bout. Tillis, you lead us off on this one. It is a women's strawweight bout between Tisha Torres and Michelle <laughs> Karate Hottie Watterson. Go. Is that me? Yeah, that's you. Okay. Well, first and foremost, they can both get it. I mean, if you guys have any insight or direct message them, send them my tag. But I'm, I'm probably going to go with the Karate Hottie for that one. Are you going for the closer hookup on that one or because you think she's going to win? It's very confusing. No, I think she's married and has kids, so I'd have to wait for a divorce. But, um, no, I think I think she's going to teach her Torres' arms. Her little, little uh, T-Rex arms aren't going to be able to catch her. So she'll keep the movement. I think she's better on the ground. She's a little bit longer and moves better. So I think the karate hottie is going to get it. And then, I'll, you know, I'll give her a run at the champ after that. Noted. All right. Kev, what do you got for us? Her nickname is the Tiny Tornado. That's what Tisha Torres is bringing to the table, along with a 9-1 and one record. That's, that's an impressive little mix she's got going. I like her. I'm taking Tisha Torres, mostly because <laughs> Terrified Tornadoes, aforementioned raised in Kansas. Can't get over that. <laughs> uh, Kev, I'm interested to see this. Let's keep the uh, women's category going. It's a women's strawweight bout between Felice Herrig and Courtney Casey. Who do you have winning in that? 15 seconds on the clock, go. Yeah, I get really terrified of people with multiple first names. Courtney Casey makes me super nervous. Don't like CC, and it's cast iron. CCC, it feels. I'm gonna go with Felice Herrig because I just can't do. It. I can't. I can't go with uh, Courtney. Courtney Casey. All right, tell us what do you got for us? Fifteen on the clock. Um, Courtney Casey. I was actually gonna uh, before she made it to the UFC. I was gonna have one of my fighters fight her, and she. Uh, so I've watched a lot of her early stuff. She's really tough. Her record is seven and four, but she's really tough. Lost some close decisions, and I, I, you know, I think she beats Felice. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, two first names. You never trust anybody with your first name. That's true. That's fair. Uh, Kevin, do you feel like this is insider trading that's happening here? Like, uh, doesn't he know it, too much here? That and I thought it was like, oh, let's talk about something I'm doing because he just has a real narcissistic vibe that I'm picking up. You know, competition brings it out in people, and we're seeing it. It was all cool and nice at first, but now it's all Noah. It's all Noah. It's true. It's a lot of Noah. Exactly. (laughs) Speaking of all Noah, let's stay on Noah for this next bout. It is a welterweight fight between. All right. Get ready for these two. Abdul Razak Al Sane. Breaking up, bro. Okay. So Abdul Razak Al Sane and Sabada Homasi, which I believe at least one of those has been accosted by TSA. So Abdul Razak Hassan versus Sabada Homasi. Who do you have? Um, I'm going to go with Al Razak. I think I said it right or pretty close. Uh, I've seen him fight. He's pretty tough. I thought he was heavier, actually. I didn't know he was a 70-pounder. But, yeah, I'm going to pick him. Okay. Kev, who do you got? Which one did he pick? He picked Abdul. Paula Abdul Razak. Ah, thank you. Oh, Paula. Oh, my God. That's what his nickname should be. 
just quotes Paula Abdul Razak Al Hassan. He'll fly right through the TSA if that's what's on there. I got to go with Sabah Hamasi. Um, you know, once again, USA versus Ghana, a classic showdown of the of the best two countries in fighting. I'm going to go with Sabah. Fair enough. All right, Kevin, you you're going to lead us off on this one, Kevin. I am interested to hear your thoughts, but before that, we need to address something that's very important. It's about this time that we actually do a bet on this show, or we tell the uh, the participant of Over Under Kevin there will be a wager. So, Kev, what kind of wagers have we had in the past? Uh, video plugs, uh, social media changes in like handles, maybe like an embarrassing photo. Uh, I've made interviewers put on makeup to do things that felt good. Um, just cool. an example, just a few examples. So Noah, just hearing this information right now, cause we don't do bets with money cause you know, you're an MMA fighter and jujitsu. Um, if I were to ask you if you had an idea for a bet without saying what it is, do you have an idea for what you would like to bet against Kevin at the end of this? Uh, can, can it be something that was already done? Um, I mean, you could be a little bit more imaginative, but I'm sure we can collaborate. You've got three picks before we get there, so let's get there right now. Kev, yeah, a lightweight yeah, I, have a, I, have a, um, I have I have an idea. Okay, we'll return back to that in a little bit. Kev, a lightweight bout between Eddie Alvarez and Justin Gavey. I haven't forgiven the underground king, Eddie Alvarez, for the effing he gave me several over-unders ago. Justin... Whatever, the the highlight is my choice, and I'm doing that despite the eyes tattoo underneath his nipple. <laughs> Noah, <laughs> what do you have for us on this one? Alvarez or Gagey? Yeah, I'm going to go with Gagey as well. Uh, he wrestled, I believe, at Nebraska. So where Alvarez brings good wrestling to the table, um, you know, he's not going to knock out Gagey. You guys saw the guy's a fucking zombie. And yeah. he's not really going to out-wrestle him. I might get him down once, but the wrestling, he's rest, hes a higher caliber wrestler than Alvarez. So I'm going to go with Gaethje. Okay. Controversial Next. opinion. As I'm looking at these, Eddie Alvarez mm. might just be BJ Penn uh, with a slightly different haircut. Let's go. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm sure. Hold on. I think. Oh, hey, bro. Thank you so much for bringing me up. Um, BJ, are this... you Eddie Alvarez? No, I'm not PJ. Uh, I'm Eddie Alvarez right now, bro. I'm in disguise. Shh. Can't wait. I feel it okay, even better. Thanks, about that game. bye, bro. Thanks, PJ. Love it when he stops by. So strange. I didn't believe he's always on the mic. It's weird, but he is. It's like he's retired or something, and he has nothing better to do. A lot hey. more lately than he was in his prime. But yeah. Noah, uh, who wins in a women's strawweight match between Amanda Cooper and Angela Magana? Who wins? 15 go. Oh, uh, Amanda Cooper, I think she's going to tattoo her. She'll probably knock her out on her feet. She's a, she's a good boxer. I follow her on Instagram daily, and I see her videos. All right. Her, her boxing creepy. looking really good. It's just her boxing. Hit the mic. <laughs> <laughs> We're hitting the kill button on the microphone very shortly. Uh, Kevin, who do you got for us on this one? Yeah, I guess just to be contrary, because I don't, uh, and I'll go pure reach advantage, Angela, and I don't know anything about either fighter, I don't follow either of them on Instagram like an asshole, I guess I'll take Magana, but he's using insider info once again, Raph. Mm. 
Objection. Unfair in so many ways. All right, Kev, you're leading us off on this one. I'm putting 30 seconds on the clock in the featherweight championship bout between Max Holloway and No Way Jose Aldo. Go. I'm so excited to watch Jose Aldo get knocked out again. It was. It's been fun for a few years now. It gets more fun the more dickish he is. <laughs> I know he's an awesome guy. He's a really dedicated fighter, but he just seems like super pissed Conor McGregor knocked him out. It's like, well, beat Max Holloway. I don't think he's going to. I'm taking blessed. 10p mm. for the weekend. Interesting. All right. Noah, what do you got for us? Um, I got uh, Jose Aldo. And he, a few reasons. I He was lighting him up, and he was winning the first couple rounds. Um, he, I think he, he tweaked some stuff with his cardio, and he's been working a lot on his boxing. He was over here in California. Uh working with, I think, Mikey, Mikey Garcia. He's working with a few different professional boxers, and he was going to make the transition over. He's not in. He's not out of shape. He's in good shape, so I think he lights him up. I think he wins the decision. All right. Gentlemen, we've now come to the point when we need to get to tiebreakers in the event you guys have a tie. So for that, Kevin, I'm going to go ahead and have you start here. We need uh, two performances of the night and who you think the fight of the night will go to. At least that's what you think we need. There's a solid chance Dana will decide differently if the fight gives him, to quote my okay friend Noah Tillis, a semi-chub. He'll just start giving him the fuck away like Oprah. So I'll start with a fight of the night. I I do think we're going to see... Some fun things from Tamor, or a performance of the night, excuse me. Uh, No, I don't want to give it to close. So I'm going to start with Cejudo. Then I'm going to go Holloway with Fight of the Night going to Torres versus Watterson. All right. Noah, what do you got for us? Uh, Knockout is going to be Francis Nugana. Hold up, hold up. Oh, hold up. Fighter what talking. Old school. This guy Concussion. does stuff. Concussion in the brain. Let's uh, walk it back for a second. They give out two performances of the night, sir. And one fight of the night. Oh, they don't do the knockout anymore. Oh. oh. Okay. All right. Fuck. Yeah. It's it like you don't no know one likes MMA it. No one is. likes what they're doing. Everyone misses the submission or knockout of the night. We all miss it, but this is the world we're in. All right. So we're going to do... Uh, Performance, two performance of the night and a fight yep. of the night. So yep. we're gonna go, we're gonna go performance of the night. Henry Cejudo, um, fight of the night. I oh, don't know. Sorry, fight of the night is gonna be Pettis and Cejudo. Um, performance of the night is gonna be uh, baby girl Karate Hottie. Um, and we're gonna have another performance of the night is probably gonna be Francis Nugano. All right. So I know we asked this a couple fights ago, but I want to ask it again. Noah, we'll defer to you to start off. No money wager. What is the bet you have in mind for Kevin? Let's go. Um, I was thinking like a 15-second Instagram video just professing um, the love for the other for the, the winner. Uh, it's going to go on your Instagram, and I think that would be a good thing. Okay. Sexually. Accepted. Uh, I will be sexual because I won't be able to help it with your wavy hair still burned into my memory from the okay. wow. Why is the Nuaza Invitational getting so much publicity? I don't know, but we are the number one PR for that for that fight. Um, <laughs> I will only talk about your Gladiator Challenge Summer Feud, which again 
Sounds a little more, more like a kinky camp, but I like it. A submission via Kimura raft. So there's a lot to talk about. Can I can I make one thing here? Because Kev, you have footage of him, right? But we have yeah. no real existing footage of you competing. So what we need to do is have Noah, if he if you lose here, Noah, you have to make up the result of a match that you've never seen of Kevin's, much in the same way you created a scenario of his upbringing in Spring Hill, Kansas, as a child. Yeah. You yeah. have to make up an entire scenario of the coolest submission you saw Kevin perform that never actually happened. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. I, I know you I can do that. I missed a bunch of details, and I've really seen your technique and stuff. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Raph, <laughs> one more point that proves his sure dog record is just him going to exotic adult-friendly summer camps. You want to know where his second two <laughs> fights were? Respect in the Cage 2, which I'm Uh-oh. positive is an introductory course to BDSM, and Respect in the Cage 4, because the guy's obviously dedicated to his craft. He's going to get better. So, Respect in the Cage. <laughs> That's where we fought. Well, let's do this. Noah, um, we enjoyed having you on tonight, but we're going to bring you back on next week to talk the fights with us, correct? Let's do it, yeah. Okay. Now I know we got to get you out of here in just a second, but if people are so interested in following you, where can they follow your antics, sir? Uh, Instagram. Instagram is mostly a lot. Uh, that's why I'll put some shit up there. Facebook, I'm just putting stupid memes all the time. But uh, Instagram, uh, Tillis underscore BJJ. That's where I'm at. You guys definitely want to follow him there. And if you are looking for tickets for Bellator, because it's going to be an amazing card. We already know some of the people on there. We know Chase Gibson's on there. We know Chad George is going to be on there. We know Roy McDonald. We know a ton of people who are going to be on this card, people. So you're going to want to be there. But we encourage you guys, if you're looking for tickets, hit up Noah. Because he, I believe you'll have some tickets available soon, Sue, right? Yeah, I have have tickets at my gym. So if you're... uh... If you're in the Woody area, I have tickets at my gym, Tillis Jiu-Jitsu. Um, come in, drop in, try class out. But I have tickets there, and then uh, uh, you can get them online. And you get a discount if you put offer code Tillis. Ooh, very nice. Well, guys, I can't impress upon this enough. If you are in the Woody area, please go take a class with Noah. Some of the best technique you'll find this side of SoCal. Raph boasts and, uh, about it. Behind I your did. back, obviously, I he did. does talk about training with you and uh, how good it is. Oh, that's, so, yeah. that's awesome. I wish he would stop in more. He actually is just a convenience thing. He gets his hair around the block, so he's like, yeah, I guess I'll come train with this guy. So, uh, <laughs> that is exactly that's, correct. That's exactly the way I put it to Kevin. That's 100%. <laughs> it's not just convenience. You know, no, I don't see you coming out to me. I don't see you coming to train with me at all. So Ooh, just saying. Well, my... I don't leave Woodier at all. I get drunk in Woodier. Uh, my family's in Woodier. My business is in Woodier. I'm a hermit. I don't. I don't leave. Listen, it's good to make friends and leave your comfortable surroundings. I well, know it's disagree. scary, big guy. I'm gonna disagree too. Uh, but let's say this. Let's say after it's all said and done at the forum, after you win, we're gonna have some place. I'm gonna drag you out of Whittier. And I will get you out of your shell, and we'll have a drink somewhere outside of Whittier, sir. Ah, all right. I, you're, you're trying to get some drinks? Or trying, 
don't know what you're planning, but yeah, we get a couple drinks. Do a little Listen, drink I'm up. trying to make you a social fucking person. That's what people do. Hey, friend, you want to grab a drink? Yeah, sure, I do. Hey, why don't you come to me in Whittier? Cool, that's five freeways away. That's cool. I don't leave because I'm lame. No, friendship. Fucking go out of your shell. Anyway, the listen. The funny part is there's a, there's a bar that sponsors me in Whittier, so I'm just going to go back there. Oh, Jesus. Noah, you're like one of the people. We'll have a couple of duels. We'll have a couple of duels for sure. One hundred percent. I love that Noah has this small town sensibility within one of the not smallest Mexican towns there is in all of Southern California. So anyway, I want to say this, Noah. We love having you on. We can't wait to have you on back on next week again. And uh, if you guys get the chance, stop by his gym, buy some tickets. Cool. Follow him on Instagram. Thanks, Noah. Guys, I appreciate it. I'm going to go train now. Cool. Absolutely. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Later, man. Yeah. Raph, it's been a crazy episode without you here. I got so entranced by our mm. live Verbal Tap episode anniversary. Verbal Tap year five last week that people need to check out i then got further enamored and out of the live idea when i saw the ko sports gear shoot you did with joey and brie uh, yes. if you haven't seen it and you're not following us at verbal Tapcast on all our stuff you can find us but we've been talking about these ko sports gear geese ko sports mm-hmm. did i mention it's the holidays We've been talking about their geese. We've been talking about their singlets. The singlet picture gets taken to a next level. So make sure you see Raph, Joey, and Bree in their new singlets. Wow. It's good stuff. Raph, nicely done on that front, by the way. Thank you, sir. Uh, we had some fun doing that. Bree also, she now has America and a pink camo singlet. Joey has the muscles. This was exactly his phrasing. Ref, I want the one with muscles so that I have muscles with my muscles. Great, Joey. We got them for you. You're genius. So there's that one. And then uh, I got two, one of which you'll see later. One of which I think you – I don't think you guys have seen yet. But uh, I got one that was the Matt Monkey one and, of course, the America Singlet, which you may see a very soon video with me and an ADCC standout very soon. I don't know if I want to say more than that at the moment. So (laughs) let's keep that in mind. Uh, You know, just two things that we didn't get to at the very beginning that I think we need to address here, Kev. Yeah. Chuck Liddell threatening to come back. Oh. Yeah, I guess. uh, Is that real? Uh, I mean, he's just entertaining it. I think he's just at the point of being like, these guys don't know how to fight. Which, cool. He should. So there's that that one side. All done. But then in the world of other regions, which thanks, Chuck, we're, we're all stocked up on crazy here. Ben Askren basically retired over the weekend. Okay. Yeah. And feeling good about himself. Yeah, he's feeling great. He retired over the weekend, but he called out GSP, which I don't know. <sighs> let me let me see if I can ask my dad this. About when he retired. Did my dad, when he retired, like, did he get out and say, like, I want to do some more L.A. housing work? 
New York housing. I'll see you soon. Woo! No, 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 no. My dad was like, nah, son, I'm going to get my check and deuce. Peace. So Ben Askren retires and immediately calls at GSP, which I guess begs the question of the word definition for retirement for one Ben Askren. But before then, he said some crazy shit, and I want to read you what he said. He said, Kev, and I quote, uh, this was in response to a Chael Sonnen story about him being a black belt, a.k.a. he said, Chael, that you just declared yourself a black belt and challenged people to prove you don't have the skills to be one. Askren responded simply, yes. If asked if anybody tried to call him out on it, he said, no. So not a lot of shit talking there. But then he basically said that Damian Maya is so basic, I had to imitate Maya in sparring, and it was awful because there was no creativity or ability to keep Tyrone guessing to what was coming, a.k.a. Tyrone Woodley. So, cool. <laughs> I would love to see that grappling match. I'll tell you this right now. But Damian Maya, uh, Kev, I guess this is the hard part is Ben Askren always had that crazy wrestling style. But here's the thing. At least with Damian Maya fights, I thought a couple of them were exciting. Can't say the same for Ben Askren. Uh, I also don't disagree with you. Kind of like a, just a pressure-based wrestler. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But at times, not always as fun. And no. uh, can he not find someone to make him a black belt? I don't know, dude. That's a little weird I, to me. It, it's like it's a weird thing of just I think you get to that hubris level of, hey, man, why don't you just like do some grappling or jujitsu and get ranked? No, I challenge. I am already a black belt. <laughs> kind of being a dick about this, dude. You probably would be pretty high <laughs> up there. Can we say this nicely? Like, could you maybe not with us? Like, and being like, I love the fact and, and I don't beseech him for all of this. But I love when he says, you know, Dana White's a fucking piece of shit. Well, it's like, well, Brent Askren, are you a ray of sunshine? Like, I don't know, man. With an attitude like this, it's pretty easy to see why maybe you didn't get signed. So, you know, I hope you enjoy that Japan money that you were making, dude. But I'm just telling you this right now. He has always been so boring on the microphone. So boring in making any of his fights compelling. And yet now he wants to be like, I deserve GSP. No, sit down, dude. Re enjoy your retirement. And you know what the best part about this is, dude? You can now go on forever and shit talk. Because this is the beautiful part about retiring, Kev. You don't actually have to have done something after you've retired. You can live in hypotheticals and be like, I would have beaten GSP. And we can never prove you wrong. No. Because you've got an undefeated record. So why? live in that world and get commentary gigs on like ESPN or whatever MMA channels that you're going to get because you'll be there forever. Cause it's going to say in there quotation marks, black belt, but really amazing, boring wrestler. Like that's what it's going to say. So that's all I'm saying. Don't be a dick. Uh, but he said he has high compliments for Marcelo. So there's that. Well, that's great. So, yeah. well, it is a lot. Uh, people are just really slipping. I think it's the holiday season. I can't I tell. So. It might be that. It's a little dicey. It could be the weight cut too, Kev. It it could be. Uh, so, I mean, it does things to everybody. And definitely not the hits over a long period of time to their head. Rep, that's going to do it for us tonight. Here at some verbal tap, which means it's time for some shout outs. Uh, Thanksgiving was amazing. 
to the uh, parentals. My dad and brother-in-law, we did like a combo turkey thing. My parents did a slow smoke on the green egg, which is like a pressure grill. Then we deep fried another one. Uh, so it's just a blast of a time. Everybody was sick. Nobody cares. We're just kind of like, let's just make it through it. Played some songs. We did the whole... Uh, the whole family band business. We played some fun Christmas carols. So props to them and to the Mutts for making the nine-hour drive twice just so they could uh, play. They had a blast. So uh, to the whole fam out. But MVP of the trip, Raph. Mm. Victoria had to come back Saturday very early. So she, le- she had to get to the airport at like 7. She had to leave at like 5.45. My cousin Tracy took her so I could sleep two more hours and then drive to Denver. Mm. MVP of the trip goes to cousin Tracy. So massive props to her. Um, And Raph, that's going to do it for me because I'm injured. I couldn't stop and see my friends at KCBJJ. Otherwise, I would have. I also might be injured after. You never know with those savages and how much smack I talk. But I miss <laughs> them and seeing them and helping uh, shed some of the turkey weight prior. I will fun. tell you this, though, Kev. Um, I feel like when you say MVP, and that's not a disgrace or meant to be mean to your cousin, how do you think Melhouse feels? You know, he was having quite a time. Young Millhouse. Mills likes the kids and got to go to my sister's house and just sprint everywhere and then chase chickens. <laughs> so I think mostly, I mean, I had to put him to bed because he kind of got a little enamored with the rabbit. Oh, no. Yeah. Like standing on two feet face to face with Timmy the rabbit. <laughs> my parents have a rabbit on the deck. And so what a what an outgoing round table. They it's so fun out in the Midwest. Things are great. Mills is doing fine. I just wanted to say, I mean, if Vicky had to fly back, Mills was essentially your navigator. So <laughs> he was in charge of morale on the drive. <laughs> He's just looking over. I like the idea of a dog telling you left turn consistently. Uh, anyway, uh, let's start with mine. I want to say thank you to my family. They came all the way out. Kelly, our MVP, made all of the food with her mom, Sue. It was a wonderful time to be had here when all of us get together and eat all of the food. I've gained so much weight from doing it. I'll tell you that much, that right now. I went to go uh, to a wrestling practice on Sunday. And I like, I just, after I was done, I thanked everybody for beating me up. But then I just continued lying on the ground for like another five to ten minutes. And I was pretending to stretch, but I was not stretching. I was dead, like Dead, dead. <laughs> dead. So there was that. Anyway, I want to make sure that we impress upon this. Uh, great weekend. Thank you to Gary Tonin for tuning in to our stream, as all of you guys. But we had a lot of people from EBI's in there. We had Tom DeBlas show up. And I don't know if I offended Tom DeBlas because I called him Jiu-Jitsu Oprah. And then suddenly he left and goes, hey, everybody, I got to go. Bye, everybody. God bless. I was like, oh, no, did he not like the jiu-jitsu Oprah bit? Because that shit's amazing. You get a choke. You get a choke. <laughs> Everybody just really liked. It's not ours. It's a wonderful comparison. We love Oprah. Hey, you know what? Show me something different. 
if it doesn't read like Jujitsu Oprah, I will eat my hat, which I won't. That's not a real thing people do, by the way. They just say they would. Anyway, let's see. This week, I'm excited for this. I just appeared on the Jiu-Jitsu podcast, so they were very nice to extend an invitation. That's our good friend Joey Foti and Robert. Thank you guys for having me on. We had a great discussion of Metamorphs and other stuff. We even previewed EBI coming up this weekend. So I was stoked to talk with those guys. Very, very appreciative that they wanted to celebrate and commemorate. And guess what, guys? I'm going to see them because big announcement. I'm making my way out to Texas. So I'm going to be here. I'm going to see our good friend uh, Joey House compete at Fight to Win amongst a sea of other friends that we have fighting on this card. Our good friend John Evans will be on the ones and twos doing commentary. And uh, as soon as that's done, I get on a jet plane and I go straight on over to Texas. Um, I'm going to try and make the on it invitational. That is the all female on it invitational with some amazing super fights happening out that way. So there's that. And then the next day I'm there for EBI. So if you guys are in Austin, come say hello. Uh, I hope to meet a lot of friends out that way. We're going to be myself and my sister, AKA kid, a photography. And if you're not following her on Instagram, do so right this second. Amazing. I'll wait. (laughs) Kid, a photo on Instagram and kid, a photography on the Facebooks. So hopefully we'll get to see you guys on out there. And can I say this real quick next week? Not this week, but next week. On December 10th, there is a tournament at Valley Martial Arts Center. You can sign up for it at valleymac.com. We would love for you guys to come compete at our tournament. It's the low price of 40 bucks, just like Tillis. We like to keep things honest and true, and uh, we want you guys. It's a white and blue belt tournament, and that's at Valley Martial Arts Center. So again, you can sign up for it at valleymac.com. And I think, Kev, that will do it that'll do it for us tonight here at verbal tap i'm kevin thank you for listening good night and good fight